Hello and welcome back to The Boardroom. I'm Gria. And I'm James. And we are looking at episode three of The Apprentice. I can't believe it's episode three already. And it's been an explosive one today. There, there is so much to unpack because it's got to do with technology. I feel like I'll have more of an input. Not to say I don't know much about food, but I'm not a chef. I did think that throughout the episode. I thought, you know what, James is going to have something to say about these escape room games and their quality and especially the logos, as I know, and now our listeners know, that you're a bit of a stickler for the detail. Talking about the pound sign last week, the logos are really going to drive you mad, I thought. Yes, they, <laughs> they, they did. <laughs> there's nothing more to say they did <laughs> yeah we'll unpack that later exactly we'll come to that um but this week alan sugar decided to spice things up a little bit one thing i do love about when the contestants have to get up really early in the morning you've got karen and you've got tim stood there all in their business wear looking bright but lord sugar didn't even turn up to this one it was just a computerized version of him sometimes he does that it's his voice looming but his his hair looks way <laughs> slicker than usual in the in the computer graphic. I have to say, and sorry, I, I've got to go back because you mentioned a point of getting up early. I wanted to say that it got on my nerves that um, they never say goodbye. You know, when <laughs> they pick up the phone and they're like, blah 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 blah. They want to meet you there, and they just put the phone down, and it just oh. I don't know, maybe I'm too polite, but I like a goodbye. Oh, that is true. They don't, do they? I think, are they trying to do it like some sort of secret agent, James Bond? We want to meet you at this hour. And they're not going, okay, thanks, bye. No, you hang up. No, you, you. Um, no, but that would be funny though. <laughs> I think they should try it. They should be more polite. Um, there was a shakeup this week. Sir Alan, Lord Sugar, whatever his name is these days. Um, he decided to mix the teams up. So we don't just have straightforward boys and girls anymore. We have mixed teams, which means your favourite part of the whole series, the cringy team names have started. The cringy team names, yes. Um, I, I, the One of my first things that I noticed about that was one of the, uh, the possible names was uh, the Avengers. Yes. And... Um, I have worked with a team called the Avengers. I won't go into any more detail than that, but uh, that that brought back some memories. I need to know: is it a quiz team or something? <laughs> oh no, no, it's a it's a proper working team. You know, wow. in technology, we have these fancy team names. Yeah, we just have the best offices, the best teams. I wasn't actually part of the Avengers. I was part of a team called Celestials. Wow. Okay. Your life is um, the apprentice. We'll, <laughs> we'll end it there. Move on. <laughs> okay. See, I knew, I knew one of us needed to get our applications in for next year and now we know which one of us it is. Um, but the team names this time were Supreme, but not in the way that you think we're going to spell it. And then Nexus, which sounds like, uh, I don't know, something that you'd call a tech product. I thought, is there something, is there a Nexus? There's a Lexus. That there is, there is a, very techie product called Nexus and I it's a kind of application that I use as well so See. it's just yeah it had very techie vibes that is uh, James's week 
Yeah. Yeah. I thought of Chicken Supreme, like Lord Sugar said mm. about Supreme. Supreme's also a clothing brand mm, as well. I thought of that. So they were weird. I thought Supreme, ignoring the fact that they spelt it to try and be cool, I thought that wasn't that bad of a team name. Usually they're like Endeavor or dynamic or something stupid or affinity or synergy yes perseverance do you know i've got an idea and the apprentice you'll feel free to take it <laughs> i think when on the challenge where they come up with the team names yeah they should not assessed not assessed not part <laughs> of the actual task um but i think they should come up with a logo for their team name. And every time they have to wear, you know, they normally wear like bright yellow or baby blue polos or yep. t-shirts when they're on the team task. They should have that logo on it. Yes. Branded like uniform tops for things. I'd like to see them next week running around Jersey in their branded tops rather than their sort of business wear fashion that they all seem to have. That would be good. But you know, they'd be terrible, terrible logos as it's, they are all why. the time. <laughs> This week, as we've alluded to, the task was a virtual escape room. So the teams had to create their, I guess, their virtual escape room, make the actual product, the marketing and the logo, and then pitch that to both industry experts and investors where the winning team would be the team that had the most amount of money invested in them. I thought it was quite an exciting challenge. We've had sort of some straightforward corporate tasks and then a product task. It was fun to actually have our first design task that showed yeah. some more creativity maybe than just flavors of cheesecake. We actually got them making up a whole concept of a game, which I thought was really hard, a name which was more fun, but they never picked the right ones. And then obviously the logo and then creating characters and what the game looked like itself. So there were lots of room Lots of room for error, really, which is what we enjoy the most. We do indeed. And it's also the first task of the season where we have the professionals <laughs> or the creatives, you know, that they have to work with. Who are always pulling their hair out, looking sort of very professional. I don't think I yeah. could handle it as well as <clears throat> they do as they try and make the terrible ideas that they've come up with. Yeah, and I've al already got some detail from the professionals um computers to Ooh. discuss oh god <laughs> you've been staring onto their screens and seeing what they have this is going to be a very detailed oriented podcast i can tell uh, i love it I, whenever someone's on a computer i just you know like that kelly Rowland music video where she's trying to text on excel Yes, okay. I was yeah. like, what is he going to say? I was not expecting Kelly Rowland to come up. I thought you were going to say I'm like a moth to a flame and then you went wild of Kelly Rowland. Yeah, because there's a meme that goes around that she's wondering why she hasn't got a reply and that's because she was sending her message into a cell on Excel or something. <laughs> uh, so the two project managers this week, I thought it was quite funny because people are starting to battle it out because they want to showcase what they can do and they want Lord Sugar yeah. to notice them. But the reasons that they want to be project manager are so funny. Last week we had, well, I've eaten cheesecakes before, which I thought was great. And this week we've had, again, people say, well, I've played some escape rooms before, so I really think I should be project manager. Is that really enough? <laughs> I don't think so. It's class bin, isn't it, at Straws? But it is. It really is. Maybe. 
Mm. So we uh, already had Asif from last week. He said in the boardroom, if he stayed in, he was going to be project manager. So he was there straight away. And then it was um, Flo battling it out with, is it Paul? Dr. Paul? Dr. Paul, yes. And do you know what? I want? I wanted it to be Dr. Paul because then it would be Battle of the Doctors. And it I would. don't know, that just seems cool. <laughs> yeah, but Flo was quite forceful. After her mm. um, good sort of uh, negotiations last week with the pricing, she has gone very headstrong and she was like, you know what? No, I want to be project manager. And yeah. people voted for her, so it was fair. But she didn't let Paul have it. She didn't back down. She stood her ground, um, yeah. which I thought was great. But... I think this is something I saw in her leadership style throughout. She did seem quite dismissive of a few people's ideas. She was very strong with her vision and what she wanted it to be. And I think she rubbed Paul up the wrong way and then Nor throughout a lot of it. Do you know what? So it may be the way that it was edited, but from the offset, from the brainstorm, that made it seem like Flo did not want to hear anything. Yeah. It was... A monologue. <laughs> yeah. And then it was everyone else looking around like, oh, okay. Did anyone else notice me just get really dismissed? Yeah. I think the ideas were amusing. They always are. But Paul, he was trying to come up with his best thing. And she was like, no, no, I really want to do the Black Death, <laughs> which was off the wall and just very random. But she was settled on the plague. No, it must be the plague. Maybe it's like... You know, I feel like they get ideas from previous tasks. So like that medieval sort of Black Death, I don't know, ties in for me with the London dungeon that they had as a client for the previous week. Yes, it could do. I wonder how close these tasks are actually filmed. Maybe you're right. It was like my elevator pitch last week was (laughs) very much linked to... The crumble, crumble and cheesecake. So I think both project managers were very strong, had their sights set on winning straight from the off. And yeah, both very confident personalities. And I think that was a good thing for Flo. She did direct the team and say, this is what I want the logo to look like. This is what I think the game should look like. And everyone actually stuck to it, really, even though Noor thought it wasn't that fun. Everyone stuck to her vision. Whereas Asif, he went a bit rogue himself when it came to logo design and stuff, and people weren't so sure about the concept. So I think the strong leadership style worked for Flo, but I don't think it worked in the end for Asif. No, I don't think so. Um, The only thing that I I wanted to pick up just while we're at the brainstorming stage is um, I found it quite funny how uh, Flo uh, said she would be on the game design, game production team, and then suddenly the whole team wanted to be on the marketing team. (laughs) (laughs) What does that say? Yeah, I don't know if you can read anything into that or maybe a lot of the contestants just knew that the game design would be hard. Who knows? As we all know, the favourite part of the episode, the secretary segment. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what we're calling it these days? (laughs) We've made a proper segment. I made that up off the cuff. We can keep it for this episode and the rest of the series or we can bin it straight away. We'll see. (laughs) Let's see. Let's see what it entails first. Okay, so actually there wasn't really much to report. So we saw the secretary twice in the show. Um... 
this week. And I think the highlight was the Excel not only has a bar chart, but now has a pie chart next to the pie chart. Are they just like slowly making a dashboard or something or a series of charts? She's learning how to do the different charts each week. A new Maybe chart it's an per Excel episode. Crust course. Yeah. yeah. That was the main update. The only other thing was I saw Microsoft Edge on the taskbar and that made me sad. <laughs> only you would look for these things. I don't even notice when the receptionist comes on the screen, let alone what is on her taskbar. I'm going to have to rewind the sky and have a look. Do you know, for, for the taskbar bit, I did rewind. Okay. I, I, thought you I did had not see that first time. Magnifying glass right <laughs> there. Yeah. So there we go, secretary segment for episode three. That was your update. In case you're new to the podcast, now we do a elevator pitch for you where myself and Greer have 60 seconds on the clock to present to you, our audience, what we would do for the challenge. And I guess, well, we don't really review it, do we? We just, we just put it out there and let, and let you absorb. We, we do slightly, well, I, now I'm revealing that I slightly judge you on yours. <laughs> we judge we do, each we, other's. We, yeah, we maybe, we maybe comment for a, yeah. a one or two comments, but the 60 seconds is strict. You will be cut off. And, you will. Um, there we go. So, Greer, I'm, con- that- I'm concerned. Let me just caveat before I give you my 60 second elevator pitch. I know we do this every time and you shouldn't do this in a real investors meeting, but... Um, I have never played an escape room. I have never gone to an escape room. I am not a gamer. I think the only time I ever play games is round James's house (laughs) where he makes us play board games. And that's the only time I ever play games. Um, my brother is a big video game fan. So the last time I played slash watched a video game was at Christmas with him. So my gaming or like going out and playing a game, escape room or whatever knowledge, is very, very little. So I found it really hard to try and come up with like a fantasy thing. But I think, I think I've done all right. Okay. It sounds like excuses. Sounds like you should have been on the marketing team. Mm, yes, I think so. <laughs> but we'll, we'll see. I haven't got a name for it though. So okay, maybe we can fine. come up with one or... You listening, you can, you come, can up come up with, with it one. in 60 seconds. Oh my God. Okay. If there's, there'll be time at the end. I, I won't be able yeah. to come up with a name. Don't worry. Right. Mine will be awful. But now, Greer, your 60 seconds starts in three, two, one, go. God, that's terrifying. So I needed to come up with uh, something that I thought was fun. So what could you escape from? So I thought you are a captured pirate. But my brain went to sort of Pirates of the Caribbean. So you've been captured on board a British ship back in that time period. You escape the prison on board at night while people are sleeping or they're out getting drunk or whatever. And you have to somehow quietly get off the ship. But you want to steal some of their stuff at the same time, like jewels, money, uh, cool things on the ship that you want to take back to yours. And you can use whatever's around you, wood, rope, cannons whatever make a raft make a boat put it all on your back in a bag try and get as much out as you can because people could wake up they could find you that's the element of like uh danger try and get out with as much stuff as possible because you want to loot the ship that they put you on as prisoner um there you go that that's what i've got what name would i come up with for it 
I've got no idea. Oh, no idea. You're out of time. <laughs> yes, yeah, still no name, but I went pirate themed. I got Pirates of the Caribbean in my head and then thought stealing jewellery and stuff from the rich people might be quite fun. <laughs> Wait until you hear mine. Is it about pirates? <laughs> no. Okay. Oh, God. What are you going to do? Right. I'm setting my timer. Not 59 minutes. 59 seconds. Are you feeling nervous? I am. Good, because you made me feel nervous, so payback. Are we ready? Three, two, one, go. Okay, so for my escape room, this is going to be all about small little puzzles. Um, just levels and levels of puzzles that are, uh, get you further and further through the level and eventually out of the uh, area you're trapped in. What are you trapped in? You ask, well, this is very Willy Wonka inspired. I don't really know why, but you are stuck in like a tube or a set of equipment in the chocolate factory. Think like, um, oh, I, don't, I can't remember his name in the movie. Um, so there's going to be lots of levers and but button type puzzles. You can like need to unclog the tube of chocolate, free the Oompa to help start the machine again. And eventually you'll come out of the uh, chocolate machine in the factory and, I guess, be free. Time. Yeah, well timed. I didn't get a name either. Good. That is a good idea. I can imagine it being quite steampunky feeling, the whole chocolate yeah. factory. You were thinking of Augustus Gloop. Augustus Gloop. I yeah. did, yeah. Uh, I, I did have it in the back of my mind, but I wasn't confident. So, yeah, I don't know where that idea came from. I like it. I wonder if you got it because of uh, the fact we're doing elevator pictures and they have at the end of the film the, the massive Great elevator concept, that comes yeah. out the top. Yeah, maybe. And chocolate from last week. It's oh, all yeah. Kind of That's connected. true. I um, was trying not to laugh when you said the word unclog the chocolate pipe or something. <laughs> I was like, well, because they have a chill. pipe, don't they? I know, but that just made me laugh. <laughs> it's been a long day. Um, <laughs> I'd say they're both good. They're both very creative. Yeah. I think we're getting better. We are getting better. So I'd be interested to know if our listeners were investing. Whose would you pick? Let us know in the comments. You can follow us on Instagram at Back to the Boardroom or say hello to us in our YouTube comments or or wherever. And Exactly. Yeah. And if Pine you actually do want to donate, our sort code <laughs> and bank account details are, yeah. are in the comments. And because James is really good with tech, he's actually going to make the virtual escape room. So hmm. he isn't. Please don't donate to him. Yeah, don't. So let's go back to the teams and their mad designs for their escape rooms. Now, we've just heard James's Wonka-inspired uh, elevator pitch, which is funny because I've written down uh, Medieval Escape looks pretty Wonka in my notes with the logo. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So we had Medieval Escape and then we had Fallen Escape as well. Fallen Escape. However, what... I have to stop you there. One of my best moments was when someone suggested the name Escape the Country. Show. <laughs> yeah. Escape, Escape to the Country, like yeah. the show. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, and someone was immediately like, that's like a TV show. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that like uh, a location, location, location mm. style show? Yeah. Yeah. 
someone got their wires crossed there. Um, but we love looking at their logo design because it's always too many cooks. So many people have put their two pence in and come up with something that is awful. So what did you think of both logo designs? Should we start with Medieval Escape first? Yeah, so Medieval Escape was <clears throat> simplistic, I'd say. Um, I'd say the font choice was okay. And the kind of the fact that they... They, they'd underline sort of the red of dye in medieval, um, quite inventive, actually. I do have some some geeky stats if you, Excellent. If you want them. Yes, please. So I did notice they were using Illustrator 2023, which was quite <laughs> interesting. And also, I don't know why I hone into this, but I, I, I noticed like the open documents in Illustrator and one of them for the um, the medieval team Nexus um, was called like fontchoices.ai. So I think they actually have a selection of fonts that they have to pick one of them. Um, Ooh, interesting. So it's not just go rogue. It's mm. the designers come with a few things to start off with. I think so. And you have to pick one of them. And I, I feel like they alluded to, I can't remember who it was, um, alluded to they were allowed to pick one logo if they wanted you know one oh sorry not logo they're designing a logo one symbol for the logo which they opted uh, not to in the end so there are some rules around the designs i feel like there are constraints that we're not uh, privy to yes oh sneaky that is some good spying on the technology again yeah. <laughs> i think medieval escape out of the two of them was fine i think nor wanted to add some more interesting and fun elements i think some of her suggestions throughout this thing was so funny um but i i thought i'm glad they just left it and flo seemed to be happy that they just left it and kept to what she had envisioned but yeah. fallen escape now lots of people had said it looked like a supermarket logo i thought it looked like spa it was like the <laughs> spa font uh, the petrol yep. station. It also did remind me of the recycling symbol, the the ease. Um, mm. But I also thought that font design. It looked really like late nineties, early two thousand, like CD cover font. I was just about to say that it was like imagine you had like a dance mix or something. That yes. would be the uh, that would be the font. <laughs> and the A's in the font themselves. They had such a small little flick on the A that they just looked like O's, I thought. So it was just not very clear to read. And then there were bright colours. The, the weird merging of what they said was a road was just stupid. Um, yeah, I don't know. Fallen Escape, their whole concept was a bit bit weird. I have to... I, I hope I'm not jumping around too much, but you've just reminded me about the, the whole E thing. I love... This was a favourite moment in the boardroom. Um, Asif, um, when he was asked about that, his, I quote, he said, once it's explained, it becomes self-explanatory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that uh, should be on a T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. That just cracked me up. But yeah, the, uh, yeah. I, 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 can't, I could see the concept, but it just, it, it didn't look good. It failed. 
pretty yeah. badly. Um, and then we moved on to them actually creating the game and they had to create characters and then sort of act out as the characters as well, but then come up with sort of the vital elements of what you're escaping from, the puzzles, the things you had to find. And I just think that was so hard to actually come up with how the game was going to play out. Yeah. I don't think it was easy, to be fair. No, and then the characters, uh, Trey was really enjoying making the characters. He just said, model it off me, make it me. But out of both of them, his confidence and the fact that he thought, okay, just make it like me, actually mm. turned out really well because in comparison, Mora was just stiff as a board trying to record her lines. She didn't seem comfortable with it. And what was written by Verdi, it was creative and clever, but it didn't really make any sense with the game. Yeah. No, definitely. I, I completely agree. And I, I think Trey really pulled that off. I think if there was a top moment of the episode, I think like the intro to the, you know, like if if that intro looks like a decent escape room, if, if it didn't have what followed. but uh, And then I think my favorite thing, about all of the games was you could have anything in the entire world and they chose to have a petrol station and then a few dancing bears that were moving in exactly the same time. <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah, crazy. I think Sam said, is this too much? <laughs> yes. the time they put it in, it was just so random. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, desolate I, landscape three dancing bears synchronized and then yeah the petrol station go running to a ship lots of them had sort of sort of stock things okay like bears petrol station mm. but it didn't link there wasn't anything fun i th it it wasn't a game that you'd want to no. play at all no. it was yeah and they noted that oh it did have the sound effect <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah it was mad a weird Absolutely. one. And then uh, Flo's team, she was really adamant on the Black Death, wasn't she? And it was about saving the town or the villagers from the plague. And nor all of her ideas got shut down the whole time. They got more weird. They were progressively madder and madder because every time they kept getting shut down, she really wanted to have mm. one of her ideas used. So she was like, can we just have a sheep? Please, can we just have a sheep in there? What about a ghost? <laughs> I didn't hear the sheep. I had the ghost. Uh, the sheep passed yeah. me by. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and also horse and carts she wanted outside the front. I get, I get where she was going. And they did say in the investor pictures that it, it just was not fun. Where's the fun? Where's the joy? And Nor was like, if we had a sheep in there, it would have been fun. I mean, this is not really a top moment per se, but it was just a quote I liked. Um Verdi uh, early in the challenge when they were um, sorting out his dialogue. Um, he just, I think Asif said something about him being a DJ and he goes, I'm not just a DJ. <laughs> Another good t-shirt design. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, that is good. I saw, or, um, or I noted down another quote that I thought was great from Maura. She said, I think she was talking about how... Um, the team was sort of directing the game and coming up with the characters and she used the phrase Steven Spielbergs. Oh yes. Which yeah. was fun. <laughs> 
Shall we move on to the actual pictures now to the industry experts and investors? Because one of the teams just dressed up in some hats and stuff. Um, and they really did not enjoy either game. Uh, it was the one with the dancing bears they audibly laughed out loud at. They said, uh, where's the sense of fun in this with the Black Death game, which I thought was good. Is this about as fun as a wet fish I have written down? Do you know, one of, one of my top moments there is, it's a true doctor answer. It was, <laughs> where's, where's the sense of fun? And uh, he proceeded to explain that completing small tasks would reward you with a dopamine hit. <laughs> yeah, it's true, but the dopamine hit wasn't big enough to actually no. enjoy the game. Small, yeah, small very small. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was just weird. I do like how they pull apart the presentations. Um, laughing at the petrol station and the bears, the games uh, company manager owner designer said um was this meant to be surreal because if it is that's fine and i'm on board but if it isn't this is just really weird and yeah. asif just had the moment to be like yeah it's surreal but no he doubled down and said oh it's actually meant to be really realistic yeah really three dancing bears in a row doing the same thing realism they got laughs like they could have <laughs> just they could have capitalized on that i know in the moment probably it's it's harder than it looks but yeah, you do know that was bananas, right? Yes. Was, yeah. <laughs> there were some good quotes from the pictures, but I think the experts were great and I liked it. But what I love more is when they did the test with actual gamers, people who really loved escape rooms and video games. They were some of my favorite people. They were saying I'd ask for a refund. I'd play this for a whole of two seconds. Yeah. It's cheap looking. I loved it. They slated them so badly. From, from the intro video was boring, not being related. As you said, the refunds, they, they don't hold back um, and they shouldn't really. Um, I don't think, I think the panel were nicer than the focus group. I think so. I wish they had a focus group every week so we could hear what everyone says because the members of the general public are brutal and I love it. I would, do you know what? I'd honestly love to be an industry expert on, I can on tell. that show because <laughs> I don't, you, you just get licensed to really dig into um, their final product, which hasn't met, met the mark. <laughs> yeah, I think what I would struggle with is if I was actually on one of the teams and you had spoken to someone who's a big gamer and they really hate the idea having to say okay thank you for that feedback we'll take that on board um okay thank thank you I would yeah. be mortified with anything that they said that was critical so I don't know how I'd be able to go oh, okay you'd want a refund oh that's fine thank, thank you for that we'll take that on board okay it wouldn't work no it's it's quite hard to do, I think. Quite hard to keep a straight face. I think I show a lot of my emotion. So I would be rubbish. Absolute rubbish. <laughs> see, I need to watch our podcast back on YouTube to see what your facial expressions are doing when I'm reading out my elevator pitch. <laughs> you could be letting a lot out there without realizing. It's, it's probably intense like concentration because I need to be listening. So let's go back to the boardroom and find out what happened after all of the terrible designs, all the feedback from industry experts and 
focus groups and see what happened when it really matters. So this was an interesting one this week. I couldn't really see which way it was going to go because I thought they were both bad. Um, but I, I was surprised that actually the industry experts thought, you know what, we're, we're going to go with either of them. Yeah, I, I, I genuinely don't get it. Like, you know, we, what did we have? We had 170,000 and 50,000 for future development. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's made up, right? No one would it do is. that in their right minds. Like, <clears throat> it's a... It's a shell of a demo and if you're you know, if you're looking for investment, surely you're you're investing in the concept rather than uh, yeah. Yeah. Totally overpriced, I'd have paid none. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess you know, if you're a games company, you might like the idea so you could pay a, a group of people for their idea or something but the rest of it was just so bad and I thought okay if they're willing to pay £170,000 for uh, a game that's really bad about the Black Death then they'll probably want to pay some money for our pirate ship and Willy Wonka's clogged tube game. Exactly right <laughs> they, they commented that the medieval thing had been done several times before yet I still want to invest well over £100,000 in it that yeah. doesn't add up for me. No. They were obviously pushed, weren't they, by the production to add a random monetary figure that's not real to the team that they thought should win. Yeah. But it'll be interesting to know how they priced that up. But yeah, And an extra 100k if they said yes, that it would be surreal. Yes. I what know, is that about? The dancing bears are my favourite part. <laughs> Flo's team, with her headstrong leadership and her clear idea, came through in the end and actually won the task. And Asif and the rest of his team were brought back into the boardroom. Now, it was weird, wasn't it, when Asif was quizzed about who is going to bring back into the boardroom and what the failure of the task was. He sort of said it was the design of the game and randomly decided to bring two of the women back. But then when Sam argued why on earth are you bringing me back? Because I contributed. He went, actually, can I change my mind? Mm. I don't know if we've had that before. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. It it sort of rings a bell, but I I don't I, I don't know. It's it's an odd one, right? And it it puts you really on the wrong foot going into the final boardroom. Um <clears throat> and interestingly, Lord Sugar let him change but then brought all of them back anyway. <laughs> You're confusing yeah. me. You've confused me, he said. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think <laughs> Sam, well, she did sort of bite his head off, but she she was contributing throughout. I think he panicked because he didn't know who to bring back. And I think he's been playing it quite tactically because last time he said, oh yeah, I'm the project manager. So, you know, fire the other two. And he's been really trying to use tactics to get through. And I think he realized that okay, he might go as the project manager because it was that bad. So he needs to try and do something that Lord Sugar does occasionally, which is fire the person that didn't contribute that much. And he just yeah. picked Sam and she wasn't having any of it, which was great. But I can't believe he kind of caved with his judgment then. It, it, it seemed as if he was fuffing and really not sure where to go. Yeah, not, yeah, really 
wasn't a wasn't I don't think it was good for him. I think he was probably going anyway, but I don't think it helped. No, it didn't. It didn't show that he had strong, decisive skills or business skills and it wasn't really on top of his team not being able to pick. So, yep, Lord Sugar bought a bunch of them back in and, yeah, tried to get to the bottom of what on earth had been going on on that task. Does he always... uh, This was a question, actually, for the listeners, for you to ponder, I don't know. Um, In every final boardroom... Does he always have to go to someone? I, you know, I don't want to hear any more. You know, I've heard <laughs> enough and I'm going to summarise. I don't want to be interrupted. And then people yeah. still try and interrupt this time, both Amina and Asif talking back or trying he does, to. He does say that every week, doesn't he? He's like, right, I've had enough because they're all there fighting. It's becoming a catchphrase. along with you're fired and the other thing he keeps doing which he only brought out on a handful of occasions but i feel like everyone he has said you're fired to he has said with regret you're fired (laughs) to everyone it seems this time but before you used to be able to go oh okay he's actually quite sad letting that person go because he sparingly used the phrase with regret but now it's been with regret every time Maybe maybe he's going to pull out and no regrets, you're fired. <laughs> oh, that'd be good. I wouldn't want to be that person, though. <laughs> no, exactly. Now it is time for some Apprentice News, which is the part of our podcast where I've been scouring the internet, having a look at the candidates' social media profiles and reading some terrible tabloid gossip to find out some behind-the-scenes drama and facts from the show. Now, last week we had quite a few things about behind the scenes, what goes on in the house and everything, but we're stepping outside of the house for this first one. Have you seen that some of the candidates on social media are hosting elaborate watch parties to watch the episodes of The Apprentice? I have actually. You you sent me one <laughs> and uh, yeah, it seems very um, bit over the top. I was... But yes. that's just me. That's just me. Do what you want. I think there's one thing inviting maybe friends and family round for a drink and some nibbles maybe to watch you star in The Apprentice. But a couple of the candidates, including Faluso and Noor, have spent what looks like a lot of money on these lavish events to watch the episode. Now, the one that I sent you, and if you haven't seen it, have a look on Noor's Instagram. We follow her on at Back to the Boardroom so you can find her profile. She has done a reel showcasing what looks like a big wedding event. She's in really glitzy, glamorous dresses with all her friends and family. There's like a lit up walkway. She stood on a stage at the front giving speeches. There's like draped curtain type things over the roof chandeliers and a massive screen showcasing her make her fish cake on the first episode there's a band that comes up and she's even got uh, radio city it looks like uh, they're interviewing her and this is the bit that i thought was worthwhile news now we don't know if it's true because she's written the caption herself but it says when you spend 20 racks for people for your people to watch the apprentice in style so has nor really spent twenty thousand pounds on putting on a big lavish event for her first ever episode come on really that's a I lot d- of money i did have to google what that meant i mean so I, did I i assumed it was like thousand but I, I had to be sure. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, <laughs> all I'm going to say is I'd like to have that money as well. 
Me too, but it begs the question, if uh, Noor's making enough money to have £20,000 blown on a party, does she need Lord Sugar? Yeah, exactly. We (laughs) we could send some uh, investment ideas over. We could, exactly. Have you heard about a Willy (laughs) Wonka-inspired escape room? So the other bit of Apprentice News comes from one of my favourite people that have ever been on the show, and that is Thomas Skinner. And you might remember him from being sort of a a Cockney type market trader sounding guy who likes to say bosh a lot. He was also on Michael McIntyre's big show on the Saturday, just gone, uh, joining in some of the random escapades that they have going on there. But he has been speaking to one of the tabloids, the Daily Mirror this time, about some of the rules that the contestants have when they're on the show. And I mean, they've gone straight in with the fact that there is a sex ban on The Apprentice. So they're banned from getting together in the house, apparently. But he's asked some of the readers most sort of burning questions, including, do you really get up at 5am? Which we've spoken about before. He has said that they are just given a 20 minute warning. So they're doing all that prep, got to do your hair, brush your teeth, get power dressed in 20 minutes. Could you do it? I don't know. I still think that's a lie. Like, when they're filmed waking up, half of them already have makeup on. (laughs) It's true. Thomas does say that the night before the phone rings, they do get given a warning that it will be early, but they aren't told when or what time. So he does say that some people try and set their alarms as a guess. So that could be why. But yeah, 20 minutes to actually get ready after that phone call hits. You've just got to guess it, I think. What? Sorry, sorry to interject on the news. What if no one hears the phone? <laughs> hmm. I think there's not an option. You'll get a producer really angry banging on the door and they'll have to film it again, I bet. <laughs> they won't have an option, will they? <laughs> no. Now, this bit is interesting. Someone has asked, are the exits pre-filmed before the show? You know, when they're walking out with their suitcase. I know the answer to this. Do you? Because previously on Twitter, Claude Littner has said that all the firings are done before the show starts. They are wrapped up for continuity. Wrapped up for continuity. Not to show that the clothes are not those worn when fired. Hmm? Yeah. So they they always... Yeah. So I know this. So they always wear a scarf because... They, they were, I think, a jacket and a scarf, basically, so you don't see their suit underneath because it's ah. going to be different from that of what they were just wearing in the boardroom. That makes sense. I do always think, oh, why is it always cold? They're really wrapped up with the scarf. Yeah. That's hilarious. So Tom also added that, yes, all of the taxi scenes are filmed at the beginning to save on time. But the exit interviews of them actually being inside the taxi, talking about their time on The Apprentice and, oh, it's my time to go. Don't worry, Lord Sugar, I'll still be, you know, fighting for my business. They're all filmed after each episode. Ooh, okay. Mm. So really, does it save time? I don't know. Mm. I've got to check now. So so we're saying when they go to the taxi, they're going to potentially be in different clothes to when they're in the taxi i've i've got to check on that we'll have to check for the scarf and the coat yeah exactly episode four 
I'll take the scarf, you take the coat. Okay, I'll, I'll have at least one task to do while watching. And then the last thing I thought was interesting from Tom in this article was he was asked, are Lord Sugar's jokes scripted? And we do say, oh, there must be a writer's room coming up with the silly puns and stuff that he says. But um, Tom says that his jokes aren't scripted, claims he's very witty and he's a market trader, so has the sort of gift of the gab, likes to think on his feet and he's naturally funny. What, mm, do what, we believe it? Mm, what I want to know is, are, are they forced to laugh at his jokes? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> that, it might be. Well, it's that pressure, isn't it? If your manager at work <laughs> says something funny, you have to be like, <laughs> even though you're thinking, oh God, no, that's not funny. So maybe <laughs> it's the pressure. But the BBC have previously said in a statement as well that Lord Sugar is not given any kind of script in the boardroom and he's entirely in charge of what happens in there. He doesn't have an earpiece on, so the production team cannot even interrupt him. And so every decision he makes is his own and everything he says is his own. I wonder how much is cut out though. Possibly. And I think the only other Apprentice news this week was this episode has been the first ever throughout all of the seasons that we have known from the media who was going out before the episode actually aired, which was a weird one. Finding actually, out who was going. Yeah, I, I actually didn't know because I'm, uh, funnily, I, I don't actually look at my phone too much. Well, I try not to. Mm. No. I do. I had people sending me messages being like, have you seen this? We already know who's going out. So. I don't know why I had, I had an inkling without knowing anything. I just, even through, you know, throughout the task, but yes, interesting that it was spoilt. So that's all from us this week with Escape Rooms. I'm really looking forward to next week's episode. It's my favourite task that they do all the time where they have to source nine items off in Jersey, running around trying to find what's on the list. So I cannot wait. Are you looking forward to it, James? I am. I want to see someone move more than 50 metres, which happened a season or two ago. And Alan <laughs> wasn't uh, shy in pointing that out. <laughs> Amazing. So I'm really looking forward to that. If you uh, want to see some behind the scenes clips of us or some ridiculous stuff, reels and things that we put out, uh, head over to our Instagram at Back to the Boardroom. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify as well, as we like seeing our numbers go up. Um, James, a final thought for this week? A final thought. If you're ever at a petrol station and it's deserted, watch out for dancing bears. <laughs> one to watch out for this week <laughs> see you later see ya bye